this is Jasmine with Auto Talk with Jazz. I am here for the next episode. I cannot wait for y'all to hear this. Uh, yesterday, I, or last episode, I talked about uh, communication and why is it important in the workforce and how does it affect you. Um, this week, or this episode, we actually get to hear someone who coaches about trying to better communication and why is that important and understanding yourself will help better understand other people and how that affects the workforce so i'm so excited for y'all to um hear from him his name is will slatery he is a coach that deals with let me just double check what he said certified sales professional and he helps go to different dealerships in Canada as well as America and helps coach them on how to better and effectively communicate uh, within and um, with consumers and within the workplace itself. And him going through it is amazing. I hope y'all enjoy it. And here he is. My name is Will Slattery. I'm a CSP with the distinction that's a certified sales professional. I've, uh, I'm also a, um, a qualified uh, and certified uh, instructor and facilitator uh, for adults. And I've been doing that for about 20 years and primarily in the automotive industry and uh, traveling uh, the entire country of Canada doing just that. And I believe that uh, one of the most important things in life is to identify what your strengths are, your uniqueness, let's say, and then use it towards the service of others. And I've uh, tried to do that for 20 years. And it's, uh, it's so interesting because there are so many people out there that uh, kind of struggle with, with, with sales. And, and in my opinion, everybody is involved in sales. I don't care if you're in service or you're, you know, a technician or a receptionist at the front desk, you're involved in sales. You know, I, I used to say when I go into dealerships and do one-on-one -on -one training, I used to talk about the receptionist being the uh, manager of first and lasting impressions. And it's very true. Anybody that answers the phone has a obligation to to represent the company that they work for in a positive and uh, an exciting way, because that that drives retention. You know, loyalty is very important. So when we talk about training or when I talk about training, that's what I want to do is, is, is I want to make sure that the, the people that I'm facilitating over, that they understand that when I'm in front of them, it's about them. It's not about me. Um, you know, it's, uh, I've spent many, many years. I spent many years on the, on the retail side, um, went to training myself, always was great, but there's always that sort of limit. You know, you, you come back from training, you're excited, you're, you really want to get to work. And, and initially you're doing the best, uh, you, that you can be, uh, right after the training. But that starts to dwindle after a period of time. So uh, part of what I've always tried to offer is, is something that continues after the training, the event, um, whether it's coaching or mentoring. You know, we all know that 
if we follow organized sports or um, anybody that's involved as a professional in sports, the the training, the coaching that they get, I'll, I'll take golfing, for instance, the top professionals in the world, they'll spend more time at the practice range than they actually do, you know, playing a game for, for a tournament. And I think that that's something that we can all learn. Sales is not a destination, it's a journey. And we can learn something every day. So um, my background has brought me from, from a finance background, banking, uh, into the auto industry, uh, retail sales, and then finally uh, into coaching and mentoring. Which is a very broad, <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, sales and, and, and sales and finance are just like right there. No, they are very much different. They're very much so, their niche is, is, their niche is different between the two, right? So when you go to finance, finance is what, you know, you're focusing on the, the account, well, not the accounting. I think they kind of work with the accounting. And again, that's all another, you know, department. Accounting and finance is not the same. Finance and sales aren't the same. They all work together to yeah. help the customer, but they don't, they're not the same. So, absolutely right. Uh, Jasmine, you touched on something that I think is a, a strategically, it's very, very important to understand that every aspect of the dealership, every department within the dealership has to work cohesively mm -hmm. to make that uh, opportunity to generate a loyal customer. You know, there are so many uh, franchise dealers out there. I mean, some places you go to, there could be, you know, three or four Ford stores in, in, in a mile. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you, how do you, you know, if anybody wants to buy a Ford, let's just take that for an example. Which one are you going to go to? It's the one that is going to treat you like, like they deserve your business. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you also touched on, you've gone to the trainings themselves, which means you've not only gone to um, the manufacturing training, I'm sure you've also gone to the training that the dealerships then went and purchased and what was it that in your years of experience, what was it that made you go, I can do this or I can do this a little bit better? Or what did you see that they kind of lacked? Um, even if it's not lacking, but what did you see that maybe they could have done differently for the dealerships and, and really the people in general that work there? Yeah, I think I think one of the the most surprising things is is every time you go to um you know, whether it's a manufacturer's uh, training event or sometimes they do it uh, in the dealership or they'll do it by uh, by conference or, or mm -hmm. by video. And what you get is, is you get, and, and I know for myself, when I'm facilitating, I got to be very careful because I'm I'm taking all of the years of experience that I have and trying to share that with them. And what happens is, is that people get a lot of great ideas um, when they're attending the training, they might take copious notes. Some people take notes, some people don't, you know, and you have to identify with that uh, as, a, as a trainer, as a facilitator. You have to understand that some people are, are visual learners and some people are auditorial learners and uh, others are, are more kinesthetic. 
And there's a huge difference between all three of them. And as a facilitator, you have to be able to communicate to all three types. But here's what happens. You know, I might have two, maybe three dozen ideas that can help improve performance. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is people are taking down notes or they're memorizing in their mind what is happening. And then they go back and they try to implement every single thing they learned. And that becomes the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we're human. And and I always like to say that, you know, it's great that you have all these, you know, these great new tools that you can utilize when you get back to your dealership. Right. Here's what I suggest that you do. Take one. Take one particular idea that you really are uh, positive about. Take that and work with it. Work with it for a month, two months, whatever it takes till you feel comfortable utilizing that particular technique or that that new idea. Then go to the next. Don't try to implement all three or all six or all whatever, because here's what's going to happen. If you try to implement every great idea that you picked up at a course or or a seminar, problem is, is that you'll implement none because you're trying to do them all. And you're what, not spending that time to to build them to actually make them stick, essentially. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you got to practice, drill, rehearse. You know, it's it, it's really funny. You know, uh, some people quote that practicing. If you practice, you can perfect. I, I disagree. It's not about perfection. It's about being prepared. You practice to prepare, not to be perfect, because there's no there's no such thing as perfect. Right. And so you need to practice to prepare. So if you've got a dozen items that you want to practice, it's just overpowering. It it really is. It's tough to do that. So I always say, okay, take one nugget, one nugget that you received. You know, you can write all 10 or 15 of them down, but take one and work with that one. Make that one um, so important for you that you internalize it. Once you internalize it, then you can go on to the next idea and do the same thing again. Trying to implement everything at once is just, it's tough. We're human beings. We just can't do it. And then once we get back into the dealership, we're we're retrained. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always talk about this, but we're retrained by our customers because Mm -hmm. they take control of the the situation, you know? So then... How do you, because you also, you touched on the fact that there's also outside influences, right? Like there's some things that we cannot control that, you know, once we go back in again, you're like, we're excited. We have this knowledge we want to implement. And next thing you know, customers now is not exactly what we learned in the, in the training. So now we have to kind of go back to the drawing board and kind of change the way that we think. And then it's also sometimes management. If management wasn't in that training, we will then go, okay, well, we kind of don't want to do this because this is all like I always get told or what I always hear. Well, how we've been doing it is this, this, and this. So how do you help the ones that you're training understand, okay, let's take one at a time, but how do they choose that one? Well, I I think it, it it's one it's one that resonates the most uh, in their mind. 
you know, it might be the simplest thing. It might be a little bit more complicated. It doesn't really matter, but it's what resonates in their mind that they think they can uh, implement uh, right away. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, uh, I've always been a bit concerned that that sometimes management and, and leadership are not in the training session, so they don't exactly know what's being trained. You know, one of the one of the issues I've seen over many, many years is, is we spend a lot of time training um, the technicians. We've spent a lot of time training the, the salespeople. We've spent a lot of time training different departments within a dealership. How much time and effort is actually spent taking somebody who was a great salesperson mm -hmm. and move them into a leadership position mm -hmm. and then and just let them wing it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's unfortunate because the winging of it is it, it doesn't work. It's not helpful it, at all. There's a there's a huge gap between being a great salesperson and being a leader. Yeah, there's a huge. Gap. You know, I've seen some posts where they say that you know somebody uh, gets promoted, right, and and they get promoted to a manager, and and they sometimes lose sometimes loosely use the word leader, mm -hmm. you know, promoting you to a manager and they sometimes call that, okay, so now you're going to be the leader of this particular group. Management and leadership is two different things. Management is something that you get promoted to by your peers, mm -hmm. people love you, okay? Mm -hmm. Leadership is something that you are chosen from, from the people that you oversee. Oh, different. So leadership is 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 a designation. It's not a position. It's a designation based on the fact of how you interact with those people that you oversee. Because right. how you overact with them is how they will perform. I think everybody has actually come, you know, worked for a company where. Uh, you're really excited about the position and you're, you know, you can't wait to get there. And then once you're in it and you start to find out that the manager doesn't see eye to eye with you. Mm -hmm. right? and, and a lot of that has to do with communication. We talked about that last time about communication and how important it is. And, you know, when we talk about that, one of the things that I try to teach when I talked about leadership is I talked about, um, and I think you and I talked about this MBS, the managing by strengths. Um, temperament is something that is common to every single individual. Right. We are, um, we are affected by our, our temperament, how we communicate. Uh, when you talk about um, temperament, it's the basic uh, thing of humanity. When you think about it from a standpoint, what happens when somebody gets angry? What do we say they are? Like, like they what are their actual? They lost their temper. It's yeah, temperament. they did. They, they lost their temper. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're upset. Someone, yeah, yeah, temperament. Yeah, so temperament is very, very important. So every single one of us um, has um a dominant temperament, as I indicated to you when we initially talked. 
Mm -hmm. And um, the four temperaments are direct, extrovert, paced, and, and structured. And all four of them are great. They are absolutely great. But each one of them are distinctly different. And how we communicate is, is important. So from a leadership standpoint, I have to know or I have to uh, identify with the people who I'm overseeing because not all the uh, all of them are the same. You sure. know, uh, growing up, we always were told the golden rule. Remember the golden rule? Treat others the way you like to be treated. Yeah, well, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. It's really about treat others the way they would like to be treated. Yeah. That's the distinct difference. And so as a leader, I have to understand if I have 15, 20 staff, or I have five staff, or I have three staff, I have to know how to work with each one of those so that I maximize their, their potential yeah. and maximize their ability to perform at their best. Because if they're performing at their best, they like me, they trust me, and they perform better, and we make more money. And they're going to come to you for the issues that they have or the things that they they may not know. And and I kind of want to go back to it a little bit. So, because you were right, one of the, sometimes the top performers are the ones that get promoted, and yeah. a lot of times that's what we've been told. If you work hard, if you're the top performer, you're the one that's going to be promoted. And even at the job I'm at now, that's what they say. It's like, if you're a top performer, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at that. But they never really look at, do you have the temperament? Do you have the mindset to be the leader that we need you to be for these group of people that is going to come to you with the questions? Because if you are overwhelmed and your temperament allows you to become a short fused person, then you may not be the perfect play. You may not be the person that is needed for that job. But if you know how to do the, the job correctly and everything of that sort, maybe you could be the trainer. Maybe you could do this. Maybe you could do that. There's so many different revenues uh, or avenues that you could put someone there. But again, it goes back to what is their temperament? How do they communicate? What is it that they need in order to be successful? What do you need from them to be successful? And can y'all come to kind of a, a crossroads? Can you come to a compromise to allow them to do that? So yeah. with that being said, as a person who's coached, who's coached all this time, can you see whenever you go into those trainings, who is it that is in the management positions? Is it kind of hard to not tell them, hey, maybe this is not the job for you uh, whenever they become like, yeah, I'm the leader. Yeah, I'm the manager. And then you kind of go, ooh, like maybe you shouldn't do that. And have you told that to someone <laughs> or have you kind of put that in their heads? Like maybe you should think this way. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, and and um, I have to be careful when I do that because they're paying my bill, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what I what I prefer to do is is I wait. Um, I ask them questions. I engage them in a conversation to seek out what they are looking for. Okay. What are they wanting to achieve? And then I can I can turn around and then start some sharing some advice as to how they could be a better leader. 
And, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a, in a dealership and been asked to come up to, a, a, let's say it's a sales meeting or even a, a service department meeting. And the leader is standing in front of the, uh, the group of people that they oversee and he's yelling and screaming and pointing fingers. And I'm thinking, whoa, this isn't inspiring anybody. Yeah. And then you, you know, you, uh, I'm fortunate because I walk out of the meeting and I, I'll go downstairs and let's say I'm on the sales floor and I'm walking around talking to the salespeople and they're grumpy. They're upset. Yeah. That's not motivation. No, no. Don't motivate by hitting everybody over the head with a stick. That doesn't work. Yeah, no. Like you said, not everybody learns the same way and not everybody can get the same message in the way that you're trying to deliver. That's right. I, you know, it's so important. I think one of the things that I I learned when I, and not everybody learns this, but I learned this when I worked for a large chartered bank. When I became a manager at the bank, um, I was told by a regional manager of mine that I need to sit down with each one of my employees and find out what are their goals, their desires, their aspirations. Find out what it is that they want most out of the position that they're in and where do they want to go in the next two years, three years, or five years. So every branch I was in, I would do that. I would sit down with every employee, you know, and it takes time to do that, but I'd go through that. Well, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I think you need to know what it is that each individual uh, get to know them, get to know, you know, um, you know, even even the simplest things, even the personal things, you know, are they married? Do they have children? You know, things like this. All of those things are very important so that, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, somebody shares with me that they are they really want to buy a boat. And, and so, um, you know, that that's is a goal. I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying this, but let's say it's a boat. And so after, um, let's say a month or two months, I come by and I walk into their office and I say, hey, Phil, did you, were you able to uh, afford that boat? Did you buy that boat? Tell me all about it. You know, I'm taking a vested interest in the people that work for me. When I work in car, when I worked in car dealerships, when I worked as a sales manager, I did that. But not every store that I've been into do they promote. And this is one of the reasons why I say they take a great salesperson and make them a manager. And the problem is, or or they take a great technician, like you yeah. indicate, and make them a manager. And what you've lost is you've lost a great salesperson, a great technician, and you've gained a very poor leadership individual because they don't know how to lead they don't have uh, they don't have the uh, the tools in their toolbox to be able to be a good leader that's why i think that they've training... been a follower this entire time why and then instead of actually building that rapport of okay let's show you how to manage let's show you how to lead let's show you what are the tools necessary they kind of went oh you're great at this let's put you here and you didn't really get that much. No, uh, and, and you didn't. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like yeah, they're 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 doing their uh, running their position by the seat of their pants. Right, right. We train you how to be a good salesperson, but we're not going to do anything to train you to be a leader. Right. We just 
assume that you would know how to do that. Well, that it doesn't work that way. That's I've always that you don't you don't need to take the best salesperson off the sales floor to make them a manager. You need to take the person that's going to fit the role. But yeah, I I really love the fact of what you do is you explain to people your temperament is important for your communication. Not only is your temperament important, but so is how you communicate and what you communicate. Uh, just like going back to going back to the manager who was yelling at his his under underlings and and basically was making them feel uncomfortable and you're being able to see how that lack of communication, effective communication, made them in a way hate their job. Uh, have you ever gone into a situation, especially with training people, and you kind of see that maybe the manager is having a bad day or even a bad week due to personal reasons and that affecting the entire way that the business is operating? Um, and how do you kind of go to the managers or do you actually pull the managers aside and, and go, listen, understandingly, you're having a hard time, but this is affecting the business in, in such a way that maybe we need to look at what, like how to continue this business without this affecting. How do you kind of have that conversation or make managers kind of understand you are you know, how you operate, how you communicate does come off uh, to affect the company as a whole. It's not just the person you're talking to. It's everything. It don't, it's a domino effect. Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and I like the, the, the connotation about a domino's effect because it is. Because what happens is, is if you're having a very bad day and you um, – have an interaction with with one employee or a number of employees that reflects on them and then they go back and they're dealing with the customer they don't feel comfortable they don't feel like they've been trusted mm -hmm. and what they do is they resent the the fact and so they reflect that onto the customer and what does that do to the customer the customer thinks well hey i don't want to deal here anymore because these people don't really want my business. They don't really want to earn my business and they go somewhere else. Yeah. I think it is so important. I, you know what, whenever I'm in a dealership, um, I, I try to, to do it diplomatically because nobody wants to be told, you know, directly, hey, you know what, what you just did is, is pitiful. It's terrible. And you shouldn't have done it that way, right? You got to come across in a more political way kind of, you know, kind of try to find out, like I said earlier, try to find out what are their what are their goals? What do what do they want to achieve? You know, in that meeting that we just had, um, you got very upset. What 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 were you trying to accomplish in doing that? What, was, what, what were you trying to say? Yeah, what was your end goal? And um, you know, just if you don't mind me sharing, here's what I see from from uh from a perspective as a as a prospect in the in the room just watching and this is what happened and i don't know if you noticed it but i noticed it right away the people that you were talking to they they shut you off mm -hmm. you know i talk about this sometimes you know when you're in sales that sometimes you're you're trying to promote your product or service yeah you're trying to promote your product or service so let's say you're very comfortable 
with knowing the, uh, you know, the, um, the ins and outs of whatever your product or service is. Right. Well, quite often what you do is just you don't engage the customer in a conversation to seek out with eagerness why they should buy your product. You jump right into a presentation demonstration, trial close and close. Right. Problem is, is that we live in an in in a society where we have PVRs. You know what a PVR is, right? I believe it's the uh it's like production something, I forget. Well, it's a recording device, right? You're it's tied to your TV. You want to watch a program, but it comes on at a time when it's not convenient for you. So what do you do? You tape it. Yeah, yeah, yep. And 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 what do most people that have a PVR, what do, when they go to watch it, they don't watch the commercials. What they do is they fast forward through it. Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting in front of a customer and you're trying to promote your product or service or having a discussion with your people, you are, let's say, go back to this manager who gets angry. That person is angry, but they're not reaching the audience. Yeah, yeah. The audience is going, oh, mute. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Push the button, mute, right? I mean, they can't literally do that, but in their mind, they're just turning it off. I'm not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. And this is going to stop. <laughs> yeah, they start like this, and then when they get accused of things and, and somebody's yelling and screaming, they go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Natural human reaction, you know, and... and that's why I'll say to them, I'll say, so what was your goal in, in communicating that way? What what did you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. and they'll share with me what they wanted to achieve. And I said, well, here's what I perceived in the room when you did that. I want to share that with you because I want you to be more successful next time. Mm -hmm. You can still do what you wanted to do to communicate, but in a different way. And then you have to look at the people in the room. You have to identify with your people how they might interpret what you're saying. Right. Uh, an example, when you understand temperament, you understand, you know, the direct person, the extrovert, the, the paste and the structured type person. All, all four temperaments are within every one of us but one is more dominant than the other. Right. Think of it in, in these terms. If I go back to a TV, let's say you want to watch a program and you turn on your TV and the program that you want to watch is on channel nine. But when you turn on your TV, it's channel four. What do you need to do? You need okay. to change channels. So it's the same thing with people. You know, I've asked this question before. I say, what do you feel more, more comfortable using? Or, or interacting with equipment or people. And a lot of times, many, many people will say equipment. Why? Because equipment comes with a couple of things. Why is it easier to work with equipment than people? Well, yes, equipment comes with a manual and instructions. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, if you don't follow the manual or the instructions, the equipment might not work. Yeah, and you can kind of figure out why it's not working. <laughs> You've got a, a manual and some instructions to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. Well, human beings don't come with instructions or do they? Or do they? Oh. And, yeah, a temperament. 
if I'm a direct person, I come across, uh, you know, very direct mm-hmm. uh, to the point. Yeah. Um, I don't deviate from the point. I come across, I'm more likely to tell you how to do something than to show you how to do something. I'm more likely to come across in, and I'm not trying to come across rude, but I might come across rude. And this could be that man who's who's upset, who's a very direct type person, and they come across trying to treat people the way they like to be treated. Mm. As I indicated uh, earlier, we can't do that. We, We offend people every single day, not intentionally. It just happens. Yeah, you don't understand the temperament. If you have a structured person, you know, uh, for a direct person, uh, the key word for them is is uh, consider. Mm. You know, when you talk about an extrovert, it's it's we and us and and them, right? It's it's the group. Um, with a pace person, it's more about uh, time and schedules. You know. Uh, being calm, cool, collected. You can always tell a pace person because they're very quiet. They're very easy to communicate with. One of the things that you don't know is is they know what they want and they're going to get it one way or the other. They're the people that, you know, you go through a great presentation if we're talking about sales. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're sitting in front of a salesperson that's badgering them, you know, Mm -hmm. do this. Let's do this. You know, you should do this. This is right for you. This is, they'll get up and walk out. Oh. They'll just get up and walk out. They already know what they want. They just want somebody to get it. Yeah. 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 They want you to be a good listener. You know, um, you know, in a case like that, if, if you've got an extrovert, extroverts are great, great at, at, at delegating, but they're also good at listening. Pace people are very good at listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a structured type uh, dominant personality, the other thing happens. Don't don't uh, force some change on them because they need time to understand if it's right. They're the ones that are taking copious notes and and they use their computer and they use all sort of electronic devices. They're kind of they, like a researcher in a way. Yeah, they are. They're they're very methodical in in what they do and they don't like change they really don't like change and they're very structured like to the point why are we changing like their their favorite word is probably why (laughs) like they're trying to they're trying to figure out why what is it yeah and the pace person uh their favorite word is when Mm, which keeping up with the pace when when is this going to happen exactly yeah so I, I think it's very important that that we, you know, that dealerships understand that when you promote somebody to a leadership role, you need to spend time with them, helping them learn how to be a better leader, a, a, a leader. You know, they don't come with the tools to be able to successfully do that. And you have to you have to work with them and you have to help them understand that leadership is a different role. It's not just because you're a good salesperson or a good technician doesn't make you a good leader. It right. might make you a, a, you know, a manager uh, because you got promoted to it, but it doesn't make you a leader. And unfortunately, we're getting a little bit low on time. Part of that was oh, a lot of me, but <laughs> I will really, uh, and 
I love I love this topic partially because it makes you realize that you have to look at more than just yourself, but you yeah. also have to look more than just the people that you communicate well with because not everybody is the same. Not mm-hmm. everybody is going to communicate with you the same way and and vice versa. It really comes down to I know like a lot of people took speech and that that receiving and giving uh, the messenger so the messenger and the person who's receiving that really is a a kind of a a dance if you will Uh, so in summary what is it that you think that most people need to kind of look at when it comes down to how can I make my business successful knowing the fact that I need to understand my temperament and communication skills well first of all stop treating people the way you like to be treated start treating people the way they like to be treated just like changing the channel find out what it is that they want they need they desire talk to them find out what is their goals in life what is their aspirations in life find out from them what's important to them and then understand that in your communication. Understand that the way you communicate with this particular individual is going to be different than Sally, Jim, or or Dave, or, or whatever. Once you can do that, and it might take a little bit of time to be able to do that, but you need to do it so that you can create um, an environment where people get along, they have fun, um, it, it, it really uh, induces teamwork, everybody yeah. working together. And we understand the differences in communication. You touched on something that is very important. How I communicate is so important. Uh, and the communication is not only sending, but receiving. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Because in reality, in order for me to grasp on to what you're wanting to tell me. I have to understand what it is that you're wanting to convey because everybody's going to convey things different. And I think most people don't understand what I've gone through in life and what you've gone through in life. That message can be completely different. So at being able to be comfortable with asking the question of, is this what you meant? Is this what's, is this what we're supposed to be doing? Is this what's going on? A lot of people aren't comfortable with that because sometimes of how that com- that message was conveyed, and to understand that kind of I feel like will help a little bit with that field because I know at least from a service standpoint, a lot of customers say the words, "I was afraid to ask the question," "I would I did not want to answer this," "I did not want to ask this because I felt like I was going to." And we always kind of say, oh, feelings are important. Feelings are important. But in reality, feelings are just as important to the customer as they are to the to the worker. Because the worker, if they can't feel comfortable with coming to you and asking the question as a leader or as the manager, even, even if you're not the leader and you're just the manager, you have to be able to be open-minded enough and open enough really in general to have a worker come back to you and say, I'm uncomfortable with this, 
or I need help. Yeah. And most people don't have that openness. And you really touched on it. Like if you're a leader, even if you're just a manager, you have to have that openness. If yep. they're not open and they've already shut off, then you know in a way you've lost that that communication. Therefore, it's going to be hard to open up. It's very true. I mean, the most important aspect is, is and, and I'll, I'll say it again, stop thinking from your standpoint of treat others the way you would like to be treated. Start thinking from a different perspective. Treat others like they want they would want to be treated. And to do that, you've got to ask questions. You've mm -hmm. got to sit down, you've got to find out who that individual is and find out what is important to them and then use that as a stepping stone to help them achieve the goals that not only you want, but certainly that they want. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, we are short in time, but I would love to see, um, I'd love you for to tell everybody how they can find you and uh, really how they might be able to get your business. Because I know you say you're in Canada, but I also remember you saying you kind of work a little bit with America. Uh, but overall, just let everybody know how they can find you, maybe how they can get your business. Yeah, so I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm 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 on Facebook as well. I've got my my company. I used to have a um, a website uh, that you could go to that had everything in it. I was very uh, unhappy with the uh, website provider, and so I just shut the whole thing down. Uh, um, and I haven't really um, reinvested in, in in a web designer. Uh, to set up a, a an internet site for myself, uh, just because I'm, let's let's put it this way, I'm very particular. <laughs> yeah, who you want it to look for me, not for them, right? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, they can reach out to Will Slattery CSP at gmail.com. That's my email address. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Will Slattery CSP. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. I, I actually have my company on Facebook and it's Will Slattery CSP with distinction. Uh, so they can find me that way. And, and a phone number. I have a phone number. I, I want to make it simple. 403-308-5934. Gotcha. And like I said, thank you so much for being on. And I think this is very helpful for people who want to understand how they can make their communication better, not only with customers, but really with those that they work with and who they are either under or over. It, it Communication goes both ways on every level. It's not just one. Um, and I think the better we understand, the, the more that we come to terms with communication, not about us, it's about them. It's about who we're talking to. I think it's going to be a lot better and a lot more simple. Well, it'll never be simple, but a lot better of a of a of a goal. Everybody will be able to come to the to a similar goal and eventually help the customer have a very or a better customer experience. Absolutely. And when you're, you know, it 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 becomes so easy and so simple and the process is so enjoyable when everybody is having fun. When everybody is having fun. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on here. Hello again. 
okay i really hope y'all enjoyed that will slatery again so amazing um i enjoyed it immensely it was one of the things where i went in and i still kind of pick and choose and i go into my job now uh, as a claims adjuster and make sure that i understand that my communication isn't for me it's for whoever I'm talking to and I try to remind myself this is to essentially help the customer but helping the customer means that I have to help understand where everybody else is coming from try to bridge that gap of miscommunication and make sure that everybody is on the same page so definitely um, reach out to him if you feel like maybe where you're at maybe might need his help uh, definitely like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you think your temperament is. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye.